ABC Listen. Podcasts, radio, news, music and more. Well, I won't put a timeline on, on a decision. I think that you know, the reality is uh, you know, we need to provide certainty sooner rather than later to, to both players and staff. Um, but as I said, right now, it's actually how do, how do the Rebels get off to a flying start in the 24th season? That's Rugby Australia CEO Phil War on the future of the Melbourne Rebels. The 2024 Super Rugby season is about to begin and most left at the club, including players, are on four-month contracts with no idea what 2025 holds. It's been said that Australian rugby isn't strong enough to sustain five domestic teams. And with the Rebels potentially on the brink of folding, that could ring true. So how can they make it through 2024 amidst all this chaos? And what does the future look like for those involved at the club? I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily. Catherine Murphy is a sports presenter for ABC and known lover of rugby. Catherine, I know this story is close to your heart. So we're going to pick through what has happened at the Melbourne Rebels in the last couple of months. The club has gone into voluntary administration, which has meant redundancies for a number of staff, including the CEO. How did they get to this position? Poppy, it's been 13 years of getting to this position. Let's cast our minds back to the first ever Melbourne Rebels rugby game. There were 24,000 people there. Last year, the Bledisloe sold out in Melbourne. Blackjack for the All Blacks. It's now 21 years of Bledisloe Cup dominance by New Zealand. Full time at the MCG. Don't let anyone tell you that this is not a rugby town. Don't let anyone tell you that there isn't an appetite for rugby in this town. But the mismanagement of this team by everyone concerned, I'm talking about the national governing body, Rugby Australia, the administration of the Melbourne Rebels, the football department of the Melbourne Rebels, all of that mismanagement has resulted in attendees going from 24,000 people to at one match I attended last year, there being 1,000 people. Strong effort from the Rebels, but they're just under too much pressure in the end. They've come back from 24-13 down at halftime to defeat the Melbourne Rebels, 34 points to 27. That for me was the night I looked down onto the field and I looked around. It felt like we were in a COVID lockout and we were just in there to report on the game. That's how low the attendance had gone. And that was a result of 13 years of failure on the field. I should point out that there is a lot of great people involved in the Melbourne Rebels, in the administration, in the community that have worked so hard for rugby for so many years. They've put their own money in. They're so passionate and they've done great things off the field to develop pathways in community rugby. The team is so engaged in the community, but on the field for 13 years, the Melbourne Rebels have been a failure. So they've gone from that incredible start to where they ended up last year to essentially when I was covering the w- Rugby World Cup in France, rugby hunger games began. We started to hear rumours from sources that Rugby Australia was looking at culling the Brumbies. The Brumbies started to say they felt like that's exactly what was happening. 
they felt like Rugby Australia was going after them for their financial situation. No rugby club is making money, but the Brumbies felt targeted. That shifted in January to the Melbourne Rebels when reports started to emerge of the extent of their debt. And Poppy, depending on who you talk to, if you talk to sources at the Melbourne Rebels, they would say the debt is only around $12 million or a little bit more. When I use the term only, I say that because the reports in the media are around $22 million. I would say it's somewhere in between. When those reports emerged, it felt like there was no going back for the club and they had to choose the path of voluntary administration. So that's meant that staff futures are uncertain. The future of the club itself looks pretty grim. Rival coaches are already circling. What does this mean for the players and their future? I would say as we speak now, Poppy, there is little to no chance of the club surviving. Thing is, we rebels, we chase it, we race it, we embrace it. So watch us. There's a few reasons for that. Remember when the Western Force was cut, they had a huge community behind them that got out to support the team. That doesn't exist in Melbourne after 13 years of supporters feeling like there was no hope of results. Those attendances, as we talked about, have severely diminished. So there isn't the community there to actually come out and rally for this club. Add to that, tickets only went on sale on Monday at 3 p.m. That is not even four full days to buy tickets for round one of Super Rugby Pacific between the Melbourne Rebels and the Brumbies. Now, if you can imagine that at one particular match last year, there was only 1,000 people with four days of ticket sales. What will that even mean for Friday night? And that's going to look really bad for everyone. I don't feel the match should be going ahead at Amy Park. It's a bad look for everybody, but I understand that Rugby Australia, who are now working with the administrators, feel like they can't move it. As Phil said, we're focused now on we've got a 12-team competition for this season and we'll just have to take our time and work through how it plays out for 25 and beyond. But what we're going to see, Poppy, is unlike in other leagues around the world where clubs have folded and it's happened in the off-season, we're going to see live on TV the death of a rugby side unless something incredible changes. I don't think there is a saviour to step in in Victoria when you're having to spend that many million dollars just to get to a starting point. I just can't see that happening. What that means for the players is they're all looking around and rightly so. Some of the players have already signed overseas. Others are being courted by clubs in Australia. Other coaches have been really clear on that. The coach of the Melbourne Rebels, Kevin Foote, has actually been honest and said, yes, of course, what's happening off the field is a major distraction to us, but we're trying to rise above it. Look, I just want to thank everyone for, uh, for coming tonight. I know the last two weeks uh, haven't, haven't been easy. Um, but I just want to say how proud I am of the behaviours of all the players, the men, the women, the staff, the members, the supporters. But what I can tell you, what's bounced back at me over the last two weeks? Hunger, connection, 
resilience, fight. How you rise above it when you didn't effectively even know what stadium you were playing in or if there would be tickets available or fans in the stadium until four days before your match. I just don't know how players and coaches deal with that. You touch on the future of this club and CEO Phil War couldn't commit to them existing in 2025 when he was asked at the launch of this season. You think about two different streams, the stream of uh, 24, how do we deliver it with as little disruption as possible? Um, secondary stream around, uh, you know, what does 25 and beyond look like? So uh, running both streams, but uh, priority right now is actually just delivering 24 really successfully for the Rebels. If the Rebels do fold, does this confirm what many people have been saying, that Australian rugby isn't strong? strong enough to sustain five teams in this competition? The answer is I don't know because Australian rugby never gave five teams a chance. So since the World Cup, we've seen some appointments by Rugby Australia, a head of performance director in Peter Horn, also David Nusifora, who set up rugby systems in Ireland and essentially paved the way for the success of the Irish rugby team, at least at Six Nations level. So they've been recruited by Rugby Australia. And they will be across a high-performance unit that looks at the standards of all super rugby clubs. Now, that has come way too late for the Melbourne Rebels, who for 13 seasons have recruited major stars, some of the Wallabies' most high-profile names. The Rebels will stay alive on the plate. Pincus caught by Clark. Got the advantage again here. Here it is for Kellaway. Dunnies and scores! And those rosters have not resulted in any results on the field. And while that was happening for 13 consecutive seasons, there was absolutely no governance, no plan, no structure from the governing body to step in and say, what is happening with your football department? What needs to happen? We're doing an external review and we're going to make recommendations of how we bring your rugby program up to standards. So I would say, Poppy, because of mismanagement, because of a complete lack of structure at Rugby Australia level, which they're now looking to fix with that high performance unit, let's just say we don't no, because the high performance unit has turned up way too late for the Melbourne Rebels. Do you think there's a Hail Mary on the cards that sees them push through the 2024 season? Hail Marys, there'll have to be a lot of them, Poppy. <laughs> I mean, not particularly religious, but a lot of Hail Marys are required if the Melbourne Rebels are to survive. What they need is a saviour with a lot of money to come in and finance them. And I don't realistically see who that is. No one's coming forward. And then the predicament that Victorian rugby finds itself in is, where to from here without a super rugby side? Where does the pathway go? If rugby clubs are continuing to try and drive success at a grassroots level only to provide other states with players, do they continue? to do that. And this is great to lead up. Larkin, Carter Gordon's going to keep them in the game for the moment. How much interest is lost in grassroots rugby because of what's happening at the professional level? And then what happens in major events when there's no super rugby side for the British and Irish Lions to play an exhibition against? What happens? Is that event lost to Melbourne? We know that Melbourne and the MCG was in the running to host the Rugby World Cup final. We hear from World Rugby that what's happening 
with the Melbourne Rebels won't affect that. But you have to think that failure on an epic scale, and we will all watch this failure live on TV on Friday night, that will have an hugely detrimental effect on the brand of rugby in this state. And it doesn't matter how they paint that picture. This is hugely damaging. Somehow amidst all this chaos, they actually won both their pre-season matches and there is some promise on the park. How do you think the players will handle the uncertainty of this season? Yes, they won their first two trial games for the first time in their history, I believe, which is good. I think until we see them on the field playing against the Brumbies, we don't really know how they're going to play as a side. Under Kevin Foote, the squad has really underdelivered. Full time at Leichhardt Oval, 52 points to 26. The Crusaders defeat the Rebels. My understanding is. There have been issues with the rugby programme not quite being up to scratch. And this is a 13-year issue in Melbourne, but certainly that was widely talked about at the Rugby World Cup, sadly. So they insist they've tweaked the rugby programme in the off-season. Of course, they have some incredible recruits headed up by Taniella Tupo. I think until we see them on the field against Super Rugby opposition, we won't know. And I just feel gutted for the players, gutted for the coaches who are starting a Super Rugby season with four-month contracts and really all of them having to look ahead to the future and really if I was a player or a coach I'd be more focused on safeguarding my future and my livelihood. These guys have kids and families in a lot of cases and that has to be their priority so I think it's going to be really tough for them this season. Catherine Murphy I know this breaks your heart thanks so much for your time today. Thank you Poppy. Headlines. Roosters prop Jared Maria Hargraves has announced he'll be leaving the club at the end of this season, instead opting to extend his career into a 17th season in the UK Super League. Maria Hargraves has played 298 games in the NRL and all but six of those were for the Roosters. AFL and North Melbourne's Taryn Thomas is reportedly facing a lengthy ban following an investigation by the AFL Integrity Unit into allegations of inappropriate behaviour towards a woman. And staying with AFL, the MCG is racing to have the turf ready for round one after three nights of Taylor Swift at the venue. Two-thirds of the turf has had to be relayed after the pop star's record-breaking concerts at the G. They have 24 days to get it right, otherwise there might be bad blood. Sorry, not sorry. I'm Poppy Penny and this is ABC Sport Daily, produced by Declan Byrne. Thanks to Stan Sport and the Melbourne Rebels for the extra audio used in this episode. Discover more great ABC podcasts, live radio and exclusives on the ABC Listen app.